My name is Tyler Ward, and this is the first podcast that I'm doing for Argumentation and Debate, Speech 260. Uh, this first podcast is on David Zareski piece entitled Presidential Rhetoric and the Power of Definition. Uh, this piece goes over what presidential rhetoric is, what does it do, and how we know that it does that. Uh, this piece focuses on studies from two different perspectives. Uh, why some people are good at doing presidential rhetoric, and as well, why presidential rhetoric is such an important thing. And one of the main reasons that this piece says that presidential rhetoric is a very important thing is that the core of the presidency is how effective they are at swaying public opinion. You want to make sure that the president who you have in office is good at ensuring their agenda is pushed forward, and is also good at ensuring that the population likes their agenda. So what they have examined through this is that mediated messages can sometimes have no effect, so they're trying to figure out what messages are the best ones to reach out to people. And the first thing this article does is it starts defining by its terms. Presidential speeches are seen as independent variables that can change opinions as dependent variables. Um, so that when the speech that is given, the speech itself is an independent variable, and the amount of opinion that is changed in the population or in the audience is a dependent variable. Alternatively, the writer can also make choices about what to say and how to say it, and that can be the best way for them to reach their audience. There are three main relationships that this article highlights with regards to speech. That is talking about the message uh, to the audience relationship, the rhetoric to the text, or the rhetoric to the text relationship, and the text to the rhetorical critic relationship. The first one of those relationships talking about the message to the audience relationship is mentioned when talking about the message to the or the message to audience relationship, the example that the article chooses to use is with George W. Bush's speech to a joint session of Congress on September 20, 2001. Uh, in this speech, President Bush is talking about terrorism as reach around the globe and what are different effects that we can use. The first approach that this article mentions is talking about whether the speech or whether after the speech public opinion has actually changed. In order to do this, they'd be able to measure based off of that independent variable as the speech itself, with regards to the dependent variable being the public opinion of the nation. I believe that this was a pretty effective um, speech, given that during this time, George Bush's approval rating was one of the highest that we've seen, I believe, in U.S. history. Um, and this showed just how he was able to gather the audience behind his agenda in order to push forward that thoughts that he had that he thought were correct. Um, one of the another the questions that this article references is who is the audience of presidential rhetoric? Is that something that's very important to figuring out? Because not every single individual in America is going to be part of this person's audience. Um, some presidents can choose to try and appeal mainly to their base. Other presidents can choose to try to appeal to everybody across the nation. Um, and so that audience will change. Um, Another question that this article then poses is what is what actually is presidential rhetoric and what and what does it do? Um, and when it chooses to answer presidential rhetoric, what it says is presidential rhetoric defines reality. And the article meant or the article mentions that whatever a president says about a certain situation is how the citizens will feel about that situation, um, or is how they will attempt to sway the opinion the, the opinions of their citizens regarding a situation. So in certain cases, especially around times of war. Presidents are going to want to ensure that one population is looked at as an enemy 
while another population are looked at as allies, so that way the president can associate one part of the world as an enemy, so that way the population will be more willing to go to war against that population. Another thing that this article mentions is very important about presidential rhetoric is the importance of naming a situation, as naming a situation determines how effective a problem response will be and also what the response can be characterized as. This, I believe, goes more towards the connotation of what the situation is. If you can give something a positive connotation, then you can get many people to be um, in favor of it. And if you give something a negative connotation, you can have that situation be something that people are afraid of. Um, and the presidential rhetoric is, according to William Riker, the art of structuring the world so that you can win. Uh, the reason why it structures the world is that association with other terms, there are a few reasons why it does structure the world. The biggest ones being associations with other terms, namely with 9-11 being a war, a disassociation with other terms where the letter of the law can be different than the actual ideals of the law. And another one of the ways they can structure the world is how it can condense important topics to good symbols, so that way people are more in favor of them, as well as shifting ideas. Um, the biggest uh, or most prevalent way that this was done was with WMDs in Iraq. When no WMDs were found, George Bush instead turned to trying to make this war about stopping a dictator.